Welcome to the Filthy Spoon Podcast. I'm John. I'm Robert. And let's get to the sponsors. we got Willow Creek Custom Calls, old Brad Jones. Uh, that Cali spec everybody seems to love flying off the shelf, but he asked me to remind all you that he sells more than just that spec call. He's got a Mallard call, a Honker call, a Snow Goose call, and his very innovative Brant call, whether you're heading to Mexico to hunt him or up north. Uh, everybody loves that Brant call, and he has an East Coast variation too, so... Very innovative call. He has that uh, Cali cut down or something he calls it. West Coast cut down call. Um, all kinds of stuff. Check his site out. You can find him at willowcreekcustomcalls.com or you can call him at 510-610-7625. So give old Brad a call or find him on the internet. And remember, for 20% off, use Filthy Spoon promo code. Then we got, how can we forget, Superior Equipment Repair. For all your truck equipment needs, John Deere, Peterbilt Case, about anything. We work on it, Ford trucks, Dodge trucks, Chevy trucks, we work on everything. So, Superior Equipment Repair, you can get a hold of us at 530-510-1738 or go to superioreequipmentrepair.com. And if you pull up the webpage, you'll see me, my ugly mug, and my little black dog, Laverne. So... Anyway, great company, great people. You need anything done, give us a call. And then, of course, Adam Oliver, Pennell Ridge Taxidermy. We love Adam. Good dude. I just was texting him today. Looking like next weekend might be the weekend we finally nail him down to get him on. So that is overdue. And you can find him on Instagram, Pinto Ridge Taxidermy on Instagram. He does all kinds of cool stuff. So I can't wait to go over there and check his shop out. Cool guy, really cool guy. And then last but not least, the Jeremy's over there at Official Left Coast Waterfowl with their swag they got. They got their Waterfowl Widow line. They got the, some cool new one with a widget on it, a bunch of white stuff for the snow goose stuff coming up, the late goose season. And then they peddle our swag, too. So if you want a Filthy Spoon shirt or hat, you can get it over there. They got a pretty cool one. They took the Drunk Duck and made that a solo, so you can buy just that. Um, hats, hoodies, all kinds of stuff. So... And with them, it's LTW10 for 10% off at checkout. So check them out. Good guys. If you see them, talk to them. They're nice. So anyway, here we are. We are uh, gracious enough to be guests over here at Doherty Farms. You're welcome. Yeah. Well, thank you very much, man. I've been trying to pin you down for a while, and you're a busy guy. And logistics is always tough in this podcasting gig and uh, we appreciate you covering a little bit of time on this new year's day for us man no, no worries yeah farming never stops so yeah. <laughs> never kind of hard, hard to slow her down yeah yeah then we got garth williams here how are you doing garth i'm doing good thank you yeah these guys they've been friends for what 40 years uh, Four, 40, 40 yeah 42 43 42 45 40. yeah second grade second grade that, that's a long so, time man 52. you guys do some a little bit of work together and then you hunt together like crazy and over 40 years of killing birds that's pretty impressive yes. yeah and then, then i know you're a big game hunter do you do some big game too not as much as him but i get a little bit in a little bit yeah, yeah. nice buffalo uh bison last year oh that really before? yep oh yeah where'd you get that at do one of the uh off park tags for tetons oh. in wyoming oh. oh wow so that was a lot of sitting on the <laughs> park line just waiting <laughs> yeah just waiting <laughs> Oh, that's so, cool, man. I yeah. want to see pictures of that, you know. We got a Roosevelt last year and got me uh, just covered up in poison oak. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Had to get a shot. <laughs> Pack it as flipping Roosevelt. Man, that's cool. Yeah. So, how long you been at this farming thing? Your whole life, right? Yeah. Yep. Yep. Since I grew up. We're, well, since I 
walked out of the front door. I'm in a diaper, I suppose. I don't know. Really? It's just it's all you ever known? Yeah, I grew up right over there. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah, yeah fifth yeah. generation farmer. Yeah, once removed, third generation on this farm. That is cool. Yeah. That is so, cool. Yeah, I've been here a long time. And uh, you do, what What do you farm? We know rice. We've, uh, <clears throat> I don't do vine seeds. I don't do grapes, but pretty much everything else. Really? Yeah. That's a wide variety, yeah. It's a it's a pretty wide variety. I don't, don't run any animals at all. My ah. wife does, but I don't. I see. Yeah. So, yeah, it's fun stuff. Yeah, and it's, so something's growing pretty much year round. Yeah, yeah. I was just out a couple hours ago looking at our wheat crop. Really? Yeah. Make sure it's still coming up. So, yeah, you probably do grow alfalfa, too? Do alfalfa, grain haze, beans, sunflowers, corn, almonds, walnuts, pistachios. Tomatoes. Tomatoes, yeah. Thank you. Man. So, how many acres you farm total? Uh, I do a lot of custom farming, but it's... Um, we're starting to get into the five digits. That's pretty. That's a lot of ground, man. Yeah, it's keeps you busy. <laughs> put some miles on a truck. Yeah, I believe yeah. it. Yeah, yeah, I believe it. Yeah. Um, One of these years we'll have a good year. <laughs> <laughs> we had Kate Stafford on here the other day, and he he's going to school in Oklahoma for farming. He said, "Well, I like to complain a lot, so I decided to be a farmer." Yeah, is what he said. Was <laughs> <laughs> yeah. he going to Oklahoma State? Yeah. My daughter's there right now. Ah. She's a senior at Oklahoma State. Ah. Go yeah. cap, go pokes. Yeah, and then uh Casey's daughter's going there next year too. Yep. So yeah, a lot of there's a lot of NorCal that get out there. Oklahoma State. A lot. Yeah, it, that's where it seems, yeah. Yep. And then your boy, he's going to college in Montana. Montana State. Yeah. yeah, he's a sophomore there and my nephew's a sophomore there as well. Ah, that's cool. Yeah, I told him they can go anywhere they want to go to school, but not in California, not in the not in the West Coast. <laughs> Get away from all this this BS out here. Yeah, probably a little bit uh, tamer on the campuses, I would think. Yeah, it's a lot better. Yeah, yeah. Lot Cabe better. was saying it's pretty uh, timid out there. It's kind of the Bible Belt, and the, the you know. It, it's yeah, but it's a there's good there's good uh, good schools. That's good. That's good. Without all the BS. I'm- what about you, Garth? Are you a farmer as well? I farm also. Uh, 1,600 acres roughly, just rice and wild rice. All right, yeah. So Rice farmer. And how, how long have you been doing that? This is my 20th year, more or less. I did not grow up farming. Yeah. I actually... That makes two up, of us. Yeah, <laughs> I grew up in this area and hunted with Sean the whole time and actually started up at Humboldt for wildlife management. Oh, okay. Oh, really? And at some point, at the first couple of years there, you look at the number of graduates, and as you continually have people telling you, oh, you're not going to get a job in anything you want to do. Yeah. So, kind of bounced around and shifted degrees. and. So, so you went to Humboldt State? I did. And, and, then, and then, Sean, I think, did you mention you went to Cal Poly? Cal Poly, yeah. yeah so both you guys went to Cal Poly's because Humboldt State's now Cal Poly. Right, right now, yeah. <laughs> True. Yeah. Hey, we got one listener guy that lives up there that I ran into at uh, Farmers at the Bingo for Bang Sticks deal. Oh, That's really? Going there right yeah. now. Yeah. Yeah. Did so, you do any duck hunting when you up there? We did. Yeah. Yeah. No, there's a. Uh, we there were, you could a couple little estuaries and some rivers you could go hunt. Uh, every now and then you could try the bay, uh, but it was kind of always depressing because then they just did not taste good. <laughs> I mean, those you could get teal, and they would just sit out and dabble in that mud, and yeah, it was 
It was tough. It wasn't not, like Central Valley teal. No, it? not yeah. like what we get here. <laughs> yeah. Feeding on the rice that you guys grow. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Were you uh, able to shoot any brant while you're up there? Never got into the brant. Yeah. Now, that's yeah. kind of one of those things where it's. Uh, I think it's a little hard to break into. I that's what I've heard. I hear now it's really bad. The guy's got it kind of locked down up there, and um, it's a tough deal. Yeah. But I'd like to shoot one one day. But yeah. I hear when you get in them, it's really good. I know they do it down there in Mexico, and I don't. Sound like a lot of fun to me. But yeah, we had a friends go down there, Mexico last year, did that, and they really weighed it, weighed into them. I'm sure they got a pile of bands because they got a pile of bands. Yeah. Too, yeah. 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 And then doesn't Cody up there? Yeah, we got some friends that do it, but their lips are sealed, man. Yeah, they will not say a word. They won't even talk about it. I believe it. I know it's a you super know. tight thing. There's probably people cringing that we're even talking about it right now, but yeah. <laughs> we've talked about it before on here. It just it kind of fascinates me. It's an unusual. You can only shoot them in a couple of different places, and you know it's a pretty interesting bird to me. But yeah. um, how has your guys's duck season been so far? Oh, it's been spectacular. Really? We haven't we haven't had a day where we haven't gotten limits. <laughs> <laughs> we're Usually done in 35, 40 minutes. Isn't that right, Gordon? Yeah, I wish. Yeah. <laughs> no. I think it's been good compared to a lot a lot of people around us. Oh, that's good to hear. You know, where the kids have been out of school, so they've been shooting a lot of birds, and they've been hitting it pretty hard. That's good. Yeah. Uh-oh. I think Sean posted some. Some look like Gus got into them yesterday yeah, pretty good. Yeah, he, he and his, uh, his buddy Shane, they really, they're done in an hour. Yeah, that's hit it hard. That's all right. So yeah. it's um, our our biggest problem was getting water, really, to flood up. You know, because the winter water rights where we're at, they're limited on how much we can we can flood. Oh. Uh-huh. Um, and there's not enough water coming down the river to where there's any flood water coming down, and so we're all limited on t- strictly to our winter diversion rates. Oh. Uh-huh. And so it's been a a waiting list to get flooded up, but typically. We don't flood until we don't flood any of our hunting ground till first of December. Really? Yeah. Cause and that's not really uncommon in a lot of rice country. I know. It seems the, the further south you get, the longer it takes to flood up. Kind of way. I don't know why, but I know Pleasant Grove area is the same way. You know? Yeah. It's well, it was, it was a late spring. And yeah. So the, har- the harvest didn't. We didn't finish up to what? When, when we finished rice harvest, Garth? November twelfth. Really? 12th, yeah. Yes. He's been wow. With dates. Wow. Yes. We yeah. were, we, the last machine finished up that, it was, I think it was a Sunday, south of Davis. Yeah. Just bucking along. On I down it, there. Yeah. But it was that way down by us, too. They were really late. You know, and then we got that rain early on, kind of probably messed you yeah. up. And yeah. Put, put everything a few days back. Yeah. Yeah. But. Yeah, if it's easy, everybody do it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was going to ask you guys. So, you guys are the first farmers that we've uh, we've talked to before, and I know as... As waterfowlers, well, not ever, but, you know, on (laughs) on this podcast, uh, but as waterfowlers, you know, we're constantly, like, watching watching the weather and, you know, become part-time weathermen during duck season, but I would imagine as farmers, you guys are always watching the weather. Every day. Yeah. No, it does. My wife's crazy. So, (laughs) you've watched the weather three times today. Yeah. Yeah. Every day. Every day. That's the first thing you get up. Oh. Yeah, because it's you're either waiting on weather, you're waiting it holds off. I mean, you're always hoping for something yeah. that's yeah. You're always and now we're hoping for next year. Well, now <laughs> we're in this. We're in next year. Hopefully, this year will be a good one. So yeah, we better get up. some. We better get some more rain in here, huh? Yeah well, yeah. well, I think we'll be fine this year. There's enough water in the reservoir, so everybody in rice country will have 
have 100 percent water. It should be good next you know, year. We'll, we'll be good. 24 right. crop will be 100 percent. That's good. You know, yeah. um, so everything looks like it. There's there's no reason to to limit us on anything like that. I don't believe. And we're definitely going to get some more. Who knows? It might. Yeah. I mean, I watch. I'm sure you guys do some late stuff, saying we're going to get kind of a late winter here, and you know, yeah, that'd be good. Fill back up. Um, It'd be nice to bring some more birds down. Yeah, we need to get cold up north. It needs to get yeah. cold. Yeah. I mean, we're look at us all in t-shirts, yeah. and yeah, it's it needs to get cold. And I, I got a friend up in Montana; it's 60 degrees right yeah, now. You know, exactly. I, had a, I was talking to a friend up there too. Doing the same thing. Yeah. 60 degrees. So that's so, definitely not yeah. helping matters. No. Nope. Oh. I got some old guide friends up in Saskatchewan. They're posting pictures, and their their cattle are still grazing grass right now. <laughs> January one, and they're grazing grass in Saskatchewan. Yeah, that ain't good, man. No, it's not. It's yeah, good. it's usually deep freeze, and he's halfway into his haystack. Oh yeah, I didn't even think about that yet. You know, yeah, and, and he hasn't touched any of his hay he put up, and still grazing grass. That is in that December. Is wild, and it's yeah. Mm-hmm. That is crazy. And when, when do they usually get shut down? Like November-ish? Or? I think almost the Great White North, right? Yeah. So I think they get maybe July. <laughs> <laughs> Why don't they, don't they start hunting them up there in like 1st of September or something? Yeah, yeah, something like that. So, yeah, they. It, I know it's pretty early and every year is different. But, yeah, yeah. And they, I mean, this get, is nationwide, too. Yeah, so. they get snowed up up there. They'll probably start feeding in November, I imagine. Yeah. November. Yeah, but very strange here. We hunted up there this year. Oh, did you? Yeah, and the season ended four days after we left. Yeah, really? Yep, so it was November 1st or something. We were done. Yeah, okay. Really? All done, and there were probably still plenty of birds around, yeah. Yeah. Well, the ducks really hadn't got to where we were. Oh, really? They were still you know, further we're north, north even yeah, than you were. Yeah, they further north, and we were shooting, <laughs> end up shooting a lot of geese. Yeah. Um, but very few ducks. Very few ducks. Yeah. Weird year, man. Weird, yeah. weird year. I mean, they're all different, but this one <coughs> seems abnormal. The way it's uh, kind of nationwide, too. I mean, we're all kind of dealing with this same yeah. issue right now. I got a brother who lives in Wisconsin. He's at 60 degrees there, too. Yeah. So. We'll just, if they don't get down here, they'll just think how good next year will be. That's a good way to, <laughs> we talk about this being an optimist on this show yeah. a lot. And that's. Uh, yeah, maybe they'll raise the pentail limit. Yeah, that's, I've heard it's coming. Yeah. I've heard it's coming to three. That's what we that, keep hearing. Yeah, that would be good. Yeah, I think they can handle it. I'm tired of them landing on our decoys. Yep. Yeah. Like so. that, that's probably the one thing we've been missing this year. Is there? Normally, that is our hands yeah. down. You're going to get one no person. What. Yeah. And I don't think they've shot twelve yet. I believe yeah. it. Same with our properties. We haven't. It hasn't been lights the, out. The pintail just started to start coming yeah. in nicely. The yeah. last couple of hunts I've been on. They came yeah. in like pentail, and then you shoot your one, and you get, you know, five more come in throughout the day just exactly how you want them. Yeah. Yep. They, uh, yeah, that three sure would be nice, wouldn't it? Oh, that mean, would change everything. You know, it's, uh, it'd take the pressure off the widget and teal. Yeah, yeah, for sure. It really would, and the mallards to, to boot. You know, everyone else, all these other ducks are suffering because of the, here on the, here in California, just because of the one pintail limit. Yeah, and it's, you know, out here, I heard our population is basically destined to stay the same because of where the breeding grounds are in Alaska. It yeah. basically isn't going to go up or down because of the amount of, yeah. you know, they have for the breeding grounds up there. Yeah, our pintails aren't the same as the Central Flyway pintails. Yes. Right. Yeah. Your Mississippi and Flyway. And, 
and then that's a national set number, I'm guessing, right? right. Yeah, I don't know. Or they might they might just use like national. I don't know how they do it, but they probably use. Because I know it's one all over the country, but the, yeah, the I thought they do it by flyways. Data. You know, I mean that's like yeah. mallards. They do it's six everywhere else. I, I I I think I've been told that they're keeping us down just because there's not enough in these other flyways. But um, that sounds right. But it, it, I don't think there's a lot of crossover either. I don't think I don't think so either. Right. You know, I, I mean, I from what I've heard and stuff, just listening to podcasts and that birdieologist guy at CWA. They fly, like, right down the Pacific and, you yep. know. Yep. Yeah, they're not going mid-continent. I mean, maybe you got to get a straggler here and there, but for a whole, I would think not, you know. Yeah. Oh, that is kind of a bummer, so. Yeah, like our specs are only West Coast specs. Yeah, yeah. You know. Well, you, you told me that one, Garth, about them rafting up in the Pacific. Well, we when we were deer hunting on the yeah. Lost Coast that time, we would, you know, they, you see them going up and, up and down the coast. Really? That's cool. Yeah. just crossing, and we... uh we picked a juvenile up right on the beach. Just really? dead. Yeah. yeah. Really? Really? Yeah, yeah, it was just sitting there in the surf. Oh, yeah, we hunted, We were hunting blacktails on the Lost Coast. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. Oh. So, so the so the specks hang out in the ocean. They're in yeah. the no, I think they just cross them. It's yeah, California, it's Alaska. Yeah, they, yeah. Told, they, uh, they, they come off the peninsula, and they do a straight shot 24 hours to, to the Central Valley. And then they'll halfway down, they'll raft up in the middle of the Pacific Ocean. For like 12 hours, all these geese will just raft up on the salt water in the middle of the ocean, take a break, and then fly and take off and, and end up here in California straight. Yeah, they don't, I've they heard don't come down, They don't come down through British Columbia or Washington, Oregon, any of that. They just come straight from the peninsula. That's what I've heard. I mean, there's even a whole bunch of come right under the Golden Gate, you know, yeah. with the tracker stuff they got right <laughs> under the Golden Gate. Into the, you know, and then on yeah. into the grasslands and up here and... That kind of cool. makes sense why we still get a lot of geese here early and, and yeah. you know, they start early and they don't seem to stop. You know, it seems like the geese keep coming. We don't, we're not yeah. seeing a lot of ducks right now, but if they're not taking that same flight pattern, it doesn't matter what, what's yeah. flooded up north or what's frozen. Yeah. Those, there are so many geese now. That's insane. Yeah. Well, yeah, in your lifetime, you, I mean, yeah. specs wasn't a thing when you were a kid yeah, like we, this, right? We, we, we had a, when we grew up, I had, Garth and I made our own uh, duck straps and we had uh, three strings on each side. That way, we get our four ducks, and we figured we'd get two out of three geese that yeah. we were able to get. <laughs> and so, yeah, we grew up hunting a four duck limit. Yeah, back in the day, and it's it's the good old days now for geese. Yeah, oh, for yeah. sure, for sure. This um, is as good as it gets. I mean, we only started spec calling the last couple of years. I mean, m- most of my duck hunting life, it's been, you know, like you said, you shoot your ducks, you might get a bonus goose here yeah, and there, yeah. a speck that flies over, or a snow goose, but you weren't really hunting them. Oh, yeah, it was rare. I, I remember I got a couple specks when I was younger in high school, and I plucked them solid, and my uh, my mom roasted them for New Year's dinner. Oh, yeah, that's a cool. Whole, whole roast goose, because <laughs> it was so rare. Yeah. Car- carved it up like a turkey. Now, what about the Canadas, though? Did you see a lot more Canadas? We used to see loads of cacklers. Yeah. And lots of pollutions. Yeah. And then as, as the snow geese populations more or less exploded and the specks have come on, they, know, they like, push them out of the way. Yeah, I don't know I where mean, they are. Every now and then we'll see one or two groups here sneak by, yeah, there's but they're definitely not in this area. Not anymore, yeah. They're not like they were. Yeah. There's a local population of, of greater honkers on the canal here. They yeah, year, year round. <laughs> yeah, the legal you know. Canada immigrants. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> yeah, exactly right. But outside of that, though, I mean, you don't see the honk. I mean, when we were in high school, that was the thing was watch out with the cacklers. Oh. Yeah, because you know we could get one dark 
and you're always hoping for a speck, but those cacklers would sneak by all the time. In yeah. Garth and I, we crawled miles and miles through ditches trying to sneak up on honkers <laughs> out in the middle of fields. <laughs> Just miles of ditches. That's tough mud. to do, too. Oh, well, yeah. We, we, were, we had the sickness real bad in high school. Really? Well, we used to get the big western or whatever the li- larger honkers are. Yeah. They used to come down, and you would get little groups, 6'5", maybe yeah. 12, and they would sit right in the middle of fields. And we don't get we haven't gotten those down here in oh 20 years. No. I yeah. think they just hang out further north. I, I think you're right because I mean they're still knocking them, you know, in Washington pretty well. I know that. I think you're right. Yeah. They must. Yeah. A lot of people say, you know, I know Brad Jones says we well, can keep those greasy pigs, but they're still fun to shoot. You know. Oh yeah, and I've uh, I I got one. Was it last year or two years ago? I I took the breasts off and I I uh, cooked up the legs a different way. I think I made gumbo out of the leg thighs and. I took the breasts off and brined them for yeah. five, six days, then boiled them up, made corn goose. Oh, and really? And just sliced it thin for sandwiches, and it was, it was good. Yeah, I, I like them. I mean, yeah. I've the ones I've shot have been fine. Yeah. Um, They're a little, 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 little tough. They got a little gur to them. Yeah. Um, I mean, I shot a bunch, like, off a cattle ranch before, so they're basically yeah. like pets. A little <laughs> tough, but you kind of pound them out in steaks, yeah. and steaks, and I'd make yeah. a lot of kebabs out of them. Yeah. Mm, That's a good idea. Problem with them, but yeah, we have noticed in the last few years, yeah, that the specs are a little bit harder to hunt because before, if you get a single or even a pair, they're really easy to kind of call in. They've gotten a lot smarter, and I think it's because everybody's got the decoys. Everybody's calling. Yeah, yeah, and I mean we'll sit in the ditch and let two hundred snow geese go over, just hoping for that one speck (laughs) to come by. Yeah, (laughs) yeah, the snow geese have become quite a problem right i mean i think this i wish california would do it these other states do have a longer late goose season yeah the five days it could it could get stretched out a bit you know let the e-callers and the um, no plugs i mean i lose my first crop of alfalfa every year to geese yeah every year a a whole a whole cutting is gone to geese i've lost 100 acres of wheat to geese it's just um they're sticking around later and later when they do it, switch to grass. And it's uh, they're really getting to be problematic. And there's really nothing you can do. That late little goose hunt doesn't do nothing. No, we, we pick, we, you know, we'll, four or five of us or six of us will go out and, you know, you can kill 30 birds a person, right. 20 darks and, or 20 whites and 10 darks. And we'll get pickup loads full. I mean, you're not putting a dent in them. No. And the next no. day, they're still out there eating your alfalfa. Yeah, and it's only like a five-day season, so yeah. they do that, and they're gone, and yep. that's it, you know. Yep. Yeah, they really need to do something. It ain't good for the population either, because you've seen them all. This year hasn't been as bad, but that <clears throat> flu they get, I mean, yeah. it was horrible seeing them, you yeah. know. Yeah, they're oh, big carriers yeah. of it. Yeah, we're seeing just the oddball goose everywhere, sitting yeah. on the fog line or, yep. you know, right out where I was checking water before you guys got here, and there's one just sitting on the road. Seems like their heads are always a little yeah, bobbled. Yeah, their, their heads <laughs> are bobbled yeah. yeah. around, kind of funky. Yeah. And, you know, usually walk up, make sure there's no band, and <laughs> yeah. send them on their way. <laughs> they say to get them out of the water, so I do that. Yeah, that's true. Um, you know, because we found a couple on our property, same day. We just get them out of the water, get them on the check, you know, like coyotes, get them, I guess. But yeah, coyotes, vultures, hawks, whatever. Yeah, yeah. nothing goes to waste, waste in the rice or the marsh, you uh-huh. know. Kind of like the ocean. Nothing goes to waste. And if nothing touches it, it'll turn into fertilizer. Yep. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> yep, no waste. No, I think uh, 
I don't know if I said that on my podcast, but the other day when I was walking the blind, my dog uh, was getting really birdie, and I'm like, oh, she probably found a cripple, you know, maybe it's snow, I don't know what, but it was an owl, and the owl was biting her. She started yelping, <laughs> and this owl was, its wings are in the water, and it, it obviously can't fly, and I'm thinking that owl probably ate a snow, ate a, you know, yeah. avian bird or something that must have. It could have. Huh? Yeah, I don't know what happened I mean, to that. Old age or something. Yeah, it was gone. You got your yeah. dog away from it, and it was gone when you come out. Yeah, that's, that is weird. Yeah, that's really weird. They, got, they got to die somewhere too. That's true. Yeah. Yeah, yeah your yeah. dog's what retrieving owls, chickens. Yeah, she brought a chicken <laughs> back the other day. <laughs> how, how, how'd you cook that one up? <laughs> it was still alive. I, I got it out of her mouth, and it, that thing ran off. Oh, it was so a big weird. rooster. Not so bad. weird. And there's not yeah. even any houses nearby, and I, I don't know where the hell that chicken. I don't, I don't know where off. it came from either. But <laughs> coming back to the truck from the blind, and she comes trotting back with this big no, ass rooster. rooster in her mouth. <laughs> the rooster's looking at me. We're both surprised. <laughs> me and the rooster, her tail's wagging. Well, missed, missed a golden opportunity. Maybe some cocoa van or something like that. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Well, I know you got a list of questions, man. Let's hear them. Not a list of questions, but yeah. no. Uh oh. Get ready, girl. <laughs> No, no. Like I said, you know, you guys are first rice farmers we've had on this podcast. And um, one of the things I was sick about the other day, have, have either of you, you know, because we hunt rice. We've been hunting rice for, well, I know, I think I've been hunting rice for about 11, 12 years now. About there, yeah. Yeah. And uh, so we're, from, new, we're new to it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah I can tell. <laughs> yeah. 40 years in, yeah. But, you know, you guys farm it and you hunt it. Um, and have you, have either of you ever, you know, I don't know, put in new new blinds where they've never been put in before, like developed a a property for for duck hunting, or have the blind have have you do you even hunt out of blinds? Or you mostly hunt out of when, ditches. When we first started hunting, uh, most everybody burned their rice straw. Yeah, and we'd uh, my dad actually would put a PTO pump off a tractor back a tractor in a drain ditch and flood up a bottom half of a field. And back then, there was a little club just north of us, and then some down the bottom of, of the district we're in, and then our field. So there might have been maybe five, 600 acres flooded. Um, and so, and we, one, we were one of those fields, and it was a, I think it was a two-man blind, wasn't it, Garth? Yeah, we had a bunch of two-man, and yeah. the, our closest blind was well, well over a mile from us. Oh really? Oh, easy. Miles. Yeah. I'd say that's on the. I'd say go a couple miles easy, but now you draw a mile around where we're hunting, and there's probably <laughs> at least seven or eight other blinds. Yeah, they're all four yeah. mans too, probably. Most of them. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Ours are four mans now too, but it's back then. You know, nobody hunted ducks. Nobody flooded for them. Right. Well, the districts didn't. Yeah. Never had the water available because yeah. yeah. in this in where we're hunting over here, never that water, water district, it was only summer water. Never oh. had a winter water right. And oh. and the district just shut down for maintenance for wintertime. So they were not going to give you water for any re- any reason. Oh, so if it wasn't a big rain year or whatever, yeah, yeah. you guys are just out of luck. Yeah, yeah and it was. That was it took the rains to get the drains up before yeah. you could technically take the drain water because otherwise you were taking repairing water. Yeah. Uh, and you don't have repairing rights necessarily. But uh. when we did, and we had we did flood back then, oh, the hunting was lights out. Yeah. It was lights out. And there just wasn't a lot of other fields that were flooded. Yeah, that would be the only ones. We were the only yeah. ones, yeah. Garth and I went, well, I, I can't speak for Garth, but I went, from when we started hunting, we are third or fourth grade, something like that. We are going fifth grade out here. till I came back from college, 
and I this is like second year or third year out of college. It's the first time I went out and I got skunked. Really? Yeah. That's <laughs> that's a pretty good run. That's yeah. a pretty dang good run. That's a pretty good run. No. Yeah. You know, and that's that's I'll put my hand on a Bible on <laughs> on that. That 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 is very impressive, yeah. yeah we did a lot of killing. Yeah. Okay. And then as they made us quit as you started limiting all the rice straw burning, then yeah. that's when the districts we had to do something else with all the yeah, straw. The decomp, yeah. So then the water districts had to start allowing or started figuring out how they're going to stop start pumping winter water. Yeah. And that's how all the rice fields started getting flooded. But, and then, yeah. But, and then, thankfully though, I mean the bright side, here comes all the geese and a lot, yeah. a lot. The ducks are just a lot more spread out now. But you see just so many well, and then geese. Two once those first five six years were in that conversion all of a sudden i mean we shot lots of birds in high school but we shot lots of skinny birds in high school oh uh, yeah i mean yeah, lots of skinny birds that makes yeah. sense everything you're shooting yeah. now is pretty fat now everything we got now is just butterball fat yeah. white yeah i mean gorgeous yeah and i mean definitely the quality of birds has gone up over the last 20 years over what we did as kids yeah it really changed a lot when you think about it and then you know, like his question was like, how do you pick where you put a blind? I guess you just, every other check, throw a blind in the middle of it or yeah, what? Yeah, we don't, we've, <coughs> we don't do that. Um, we, uh, like we have ourselves, what, four foremans. Yep. One's in dry for, uh, if we want to put out a goose spread. Okay. And then we have, we're flooding five, 500 acres, 600 acres for three four-man blinds. Oh, okay. And it's just for ourselves. Yeah. Just yeah, you don't lease nothing out. We don't lease anything no. out. Yeah. It's just for friends and family. And, uh, you know, we got a, a good group of friends. And Gar's son, uh, Taggart, he's a blind manager this year. And so, oh, you know, cool. our friends want to go hunting. Well, they got, they have to yeah, go. He's the gatekeeper. He's the gatekeeper. So, when you put your, when you did put your blinds out there. Do you, uh, is there a method to your madness on where you put them? Do you kind of, you know where the birds yep. are, are around and you kind of put them where you think they're going to work in a certain way or you just. Well, more than anything, it's the lower end of the field. Yeah. Usually, you know, the fields all have a fall to them. Yeah. One direction or the other. And if you put it in the bottom, somewhere in the bottom third, you can really stack the water up above. And if for some reason the district's shutting water off or we're getting a big long dry spell, the water kind of keeps our blind underwater. Oh, the top sense. of the field will go dry yeah. eventually. But uh, we also make a point of leaving fields, in, uh, flooding fields with no no blinds yeah. in whatsoever. Right. Yeah. 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 Every yeah, yeah every set of blinds usually has a field next to it that's just not touched. Oh yeah. I yeah. mean, other than keeping kicking snow geese off. That helps a lot. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. they got it plenty of big places to rest on yeah. your guys' property. Yeah. We've yeah. had we used to we used to let the whole north ends of our fields be loafers. But then we had a problem with, with um, you know, those the north ends getting disturbed uh, by neighbors and whatnot. So yeah. then we just we put our loafing pond on the interior of the ranch, and then we hunt the we hunt the edges. That's yeah, I know the birds basically cross our blinds before they hit before the neighbor. Before they get to them, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Do you guys put out permanent spreads, or do you just keep decoys in the blind and put them out when you hunt? Permanent spreads. We're permanent, yeah, permanent now. spreads. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's how we do it too. We've we've last season I pulled them in a couple of times, but it's just too much work. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Our one property, it's you know you can kind of run a big spread over there. The other one, you don't really need to run that big. 
And a lot of the people over there in District 10, they pull them every time. So we've talked about doing it. We just haven't yet. But I know that too many of our members are too lazy to pull them in every time. So We included some days. <laughs> Same. Yeah. We used to. Yeah. We used to only run six dozen decoys, tops. Yeah. Yeah. And it was worked fine for years. And then, I don't know, as more and more clubs came in, we kind of sat down and looked at it with one of the other guides in this area. And he's just, you guys got to get some numbers. Yeah. So. Yep, yeah, yeah, it's, it's, yeah. Everybody, the freaking decoy companies are the ones winning all this. No, they're, they're winning big time. <laughs> yeah, yeah. The price of these things now, especially goose decoys, jeez. Yeah, but, but also our checks are huge. I mean, most of our checks are twenty, fifteen, twenty, twenty-five acre checks. So we have oh. just lots and lots of water. Yeah, and it takes a lot of decoys. Yeah, to really see them just stick out. Yeah, yeah, with that big a check. Yeah. Yep. It yeah. seems like over on this kind of, we're getting kind of west in the valley. Yeah, there's a little bit more water issues over here than there is on the east side kind of yeah. where we hunt, huh? Yeah, we had a big water issue last fall. Yeah, I'm sure with the year, drought. We, yeah. we were able only, it, only able to flood one field. We only had 150 acres flooded. And we, really? did, we did real good on that one field. Um, but usually, like I said, we're flooding five, 600 acres. And there was just, we only, I was, I, uh, <clears throat> it was the only rice field I grew in the district. Uh, between Garth and I both, because there was no water, and so we had that one rice field, and we put a blind in it and hunted it. And it was um, probably great last year. That was good. Yeah. 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 yeah, it was good. It was good, but it, you know, more more rice, more more water would have been better for the ducks. Yeah. So what do you guys do on years where it's short on water, and then you don't end up with enough water for decom? Or does it not usually work out that way? If they're going to let you farm it they'll give you enough to decomp no i i don't flood for decomp and garth usually doesn't either mm-hmm. um when we're flooding we're, we're flooding for ducks okay yeah. we we have a we we have a couple really pieces of really heavy discs that we use and we just we'll disc right behind the combines and uh-huh. one pass and then we'll let the rains do the work Huh. Yeah, normally with, with with what we're doing, disking, normally uh, just a normal rainfall winter, we get enough moisture in the ground that we don't have any issues in the spring. Oh, yeah. that's that's nice. Just one pass, and I leave, we'll leave a couple fields of just standing stubble for upland habitat or for for geese or whatever for pheasants to nest in and whatnot, and and uh, then we'll flood the fields we're hunting. And then disc up the rest. You got many pheasants left around here? You well, know, I take pictures of them now. We <laughs> back when we were in high school, we yeah, we'd walk a mile yeah. a ditch and get a half a dozen roosters yeah, pretty easily. I, I mean, I, I caught the and tail I, end of that as a kid, and it, yeah, you know, that, it, it was, was it was. I'd put our pheasant hunt up against North to South Dakota's. And them days, yeah, yeah. yeah. Not anymore. What do you think the reason is? I know there's a thousand theories. There, you, what's I, your opinion? I, I've got it's it's a uh, it's threefold. Well, there's more than that, but yeah, there's probably <laughs> three. The main reasons are one, Roundup going off patent. Yeah, that's and everybody spraying everything, which I don't do. You know, everyone's spraying all the ditches, keeping everything clean. So there's no habitat for the pheasants. To no place for them to hide. Really, banning rice straw burning, because all that stubble, none of it burned perfectly. Yeah. yeah, and there was a lot of spring burns that nobody ever realized. Yeah, wow. the huge yeah. acres of spring burns, and bef- when we were still burning, all the combines just almost windrowed the straw. And when we'd pheasant hunt growing up, 
those hands would be in those wind rows. Yeah. Uh, and it keeps them dry. Yeah. Because, yeah. man, that's the other thing I think is it's just uh, there's there's not enough cover in the winter, and these birds get hypothermic yeah. on, on these wet on these well, rainstorms. And, and, and uh. so, and I mean, you've got flooded fields. Everyone has to manage their straw and their stubble. And so, if a field's not flooded, it's disc down, and and so there's no habitat for them. And so, consequently, the only place they have to live is that little two foot wide strip on the edge of a ditch bank. And if you're a coyote, a possum, raccoon, that's easy hunting. That's yeah. easy hunting. All you got to do is walk that thing, and they're they're going to pick up every single one of them. Well, that makes sense. Especially if they're cold sitting there. And yeah. And so. one of the bigger two things too, in my opinion, is we lost sugar beets. Oh. Well, Sh- sugar beets were just a giant green leaf that was a basically lean to. Sure. Just and winter wheat in the in the in the rice country. We did lose a lot of winter wheat too. Yeah. yeah. But I mean, sugar beets were our favorite to hunt. Yeah, they're just they're loaded. Yeah. Mm. And. Yeah, because they're kind of a sensitive bird, I guess. They need that cover. I yeah, they yeah. really I think need that they cover. Need that winter cover to stay dry. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, well, it's a shame because, yeah, the good old days were pretty cool with that, you know. Yeah, yeah that was good. I ate a lot of, well, made a lot of cream of pheasant back yeah. in the day. That was good stuff. <laughs> that's, I think that's the best theories, explanations I've ever heard on this. It's pretty good, yeah. I, uh, you know, I'm, I'm looking around. I might be the youngest or second youngest around here, but... Uh, I'm only 22. <laughs> I'm the second youngest. Uh, but, you know, like John said, I've always heard, you know, how, how good it used to be. But, I, I mean, I missed all those years. Yeah. Um, and I've just never quite heard a good explanation on what, what changed. But that's that that uh, roundup, you know, getting rid of all that cover, more efficient canals and everything and ditches. Well, too, the, the water districts have had to do some of that because we, we we've got so many new invasive weeds. Yeah. That you're just plugging the ditches. So you're constantly having to spray those weeds, which the downturn is we're wiping everything else out, spraying those weeds. Yeah, too. there's always a effect to everything yes. you do. There's a reason they're doing it. They're not doing it to kill the pheasants. Yeah. It's yeah. just a, it's a... Yeah, yeah. you do one thing and it... Yeah, a, you get a, for every action, there's effect. a reaction, you know. But I'd say number one was the rice straw burning, stopping that, which was really good for waterfowl. For waterfowl. Yeah. yeah. And... and pheasants and upland birds lost on it but yeah and i guess not you but there's some farmers that probably make a good chunk of cash off of it leasing a bunch of blinds the yeah. schmucks like us you know <laughs> well <laughs> yeah. yeah yeah and it did give I, w- I wouldn't know about that i don't lease any of them out, but <laughs> uh, i don't blame you dealing yeah. with us we, we're actually very good uh non-crybaby tenants yeah. I, I think our people we lease from would vouch for that but uh I could just imagine dealing with some of the stuff that they must deal with. And can you make the water three inches higher? <laughs> can you do this? Can you do that? You know, hey, there's well, no ducks. Can I have my money back? I mean, there's a yeah, million stories, like I'm sure. The set, like I said, the farm never stops. And then the one time it slows down decent. Now I got to yeah, I've, 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 occupy that time. Yeah, with deal. with with, with cl- cl- customers and clients. Yeah, I'd rather just yeah. you know hunt myself and not worry about it. Yeah, I, yeah. It sounds like you got a pretty good uh, situation for sure. Because I, yeah, I, I don't think I'd want to deal with that. Because I, I, I mean this and I don't. But the worst thing about duck hunting is duck hunters. <laughs> a lot of the time, you know what I mean. <laughs> We're all certain, kind of sometimes our own worst enemies, you know. Yeah. You know, and everybody thinks they're the greatest, and the next guy, you know, doesn't know anything, and you think you do, but... Um, well, there's always that one guy, or those, one, those two guys that, you know, two rotten apples that 
spoil the barrel. Yeah, we, we have that happen in our club time to time. We've had to get rid of a few bad apples over the years, but yep. no, it's happened. Yeah. So, well, we've we've covered a lot about weather. Talked a little bit about water, but what what are some of the just stress? I mean, just stresses that uh, of of farming. I mean, John talked earlier. Someone mentioned you know they want to be a farmer because they like being frustrated and complaining <laughs> all the time. I mean, you know, even with the water, you know, you mentioned the water on the west side of the river being a little uh tougher of a water situation and i know that you didn't grow very much uh the year before last yeah i was down 80 percent on my yeah. my rotational cropping which i, did, I didn't plant 80 percent of my ground yeah i mean that's i mean you really gotta manage your yeah. your finances and everything correctly or you could be done in no time yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> now you're obviously <laughs> well, making you're it work really I'm shocked. You're obviously making it work, and I know you can insure stuff, but you probably can't insure a crop you don't grow. So, that's you know, I I would think it's got to be, you know, you probably stay up a lot of nights in some of them drought years and stuff trying to move stuff around and make things work, you know. Yeah, it's not, not, it wasn't the easiest at all. Well, the catch-22, when there's a lot of rice, what's that do to the prices? Yeah. Oh, it's down. Yeah. 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 It's down. down. But it's, it's, it's not bad. You know, we're we're largely li- still living a little bit on on the uh, the lack of production from from the twenty two crop. Uh-huh. It's, it's keeping it up a little bit, but it did it did come down significantly. But it's rice is still profitable crop. Yeah, it's still profitable crop, and, um, but not like it was in the twenty two crop. And unfortunately, I didn't grow very much at all. I had four fields of rice in that uh, in that year. My friends on the east side, they were just they're real happy. Yeah, they're, <laughs> they're real happy. You know, everybody on the Feather River system over there. And those guys. <laughs> yeah, over there uh, throwing money up in the air. They're so excited yeah. about it, I'm sure. Yeah, yeah. They, did, they, did, they did well. <laughs> they did well. Good for them. But no, I just, that's, I mean, there's a lot of rewarding stuff, I'm sure, but it's got to be, it's got to be stressful. Cause there's so many things out of your control on how you make a living, feed your family, yeah. you know. Yeah, I saw I, I saw like um, people saying, "Well, twenty twenty I saw a meme this morning. It said twenty twenty four. You know, hopefully, be a better year. And and the guy said, it slapped him. Said the year makes no difference <laughs> on on whether it's going to be good or not. And I said, "Well, you tell that to a farmer. <laughs> the year makes all the difference." <laughs> Oh shoot! Tell that to a duck hunter too while you're at it. Yeah, exactly yeah. right. Exactly. Same thing. Exact exactly. same thing. But yeah, well, everybody affected by the weather. Yeah, and that's true. Yeah, weather's a big part of it all. I mean, yeah. and that's that's out of all of our control. I know people yeah. think that we can do this and that to change change the weather, but personally, I think us humans have very little effect on on Mother Nature. Oh yeah, yeah. it's gonna do what it's gonna do. Yeah. Some an old old guy told me one time at least for farming and cropping and said if you did everything perfectly you planted at the exact right time you gave it the exact amount of nutrition that plant needed did everything just perfectly you've controlled about 20 percent of what that crop will do really yeah (laughs) (laughs) that's how much is out of your control yeah puts it in perspective so yeah Yeah. you never know you know the good years you really got to pack some away the to yeah. save for the lean years, and I mean, yeah, do it as long as you have. You're obviously doing something right, both of you, so yeah. uh, well, very you noble. Have a good relationship with your bankers. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm sure there's a lot of floating stuff going on and on. Yeah, I mean, even in our business, we got it's yeah. the way it is, you know. But uh, 
that's pretty interesting stuff for us because we, we don't know nothing about farming yeah. other than we got to pay the guys twice a year. Yeah. I guess only once a year, but. Yeah, so. Well, so you guys have been shooting some ducks lately. That's good. Um, yep. We are talking before we started recording about uh, cooking, and you you had mentioned on the goose, uh, the the goose legs. And yeah. The best thighs part. too, yeah. right? Yeah. I'm I'm Garth, and I've gotten to be real particular about about uh, our uh, consumption. And and the and how we treat our birds and stuff like that. Yeah, well, of all game too. All I mean, game, yeah. You know, we're, we're not big on, on waste of anything. Yeah. Like we we have rules for guests. If we hear of anybody, you know, coming on our club, you know, and if we hear them breasting out a duck, don't come back. <laughs> You're not welcome back. If we hear anybody breasting out a duck, you just don't come back. And 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 then it gets down into uh, the geese. And a lot of people breast out snows and breast out specks or pluck and singe off the breast and then pluck it up and then just throw the rest of the bird away. And, you know, and I, that just seems really wasteful because you're wasting the legs and thighs and a lot of people don't even bother messing with them. Um, and I just couldn't, and I'd make gallons of goose leg gumbo, just yeah. gallons of it. But, I mean, the kids would only eat so much of it. And so what we... What Garth and I do now is um, with spec with, with with snow goose legs and thighs, take it off in one, skin it, take it off in one one chunk. You know, have so I'll have the leg thigh together and have the two bones in it. I'll wrap it in a strip of bacon, and then I'll vacuum pack them like probably four to six legs in a vacuum pack bag, wrapped in bacon, and then I'll put it in a sous vide water bath, which is it's spelled S O U S. V-I-D-E. You can get them on Amazon for like 130 bucks, 140 bucks. Looks about the size of a hand blender. And I'll throw it on a Rubbermaid box. I'll clip that water heater to the side of it. And I'll set, throw 10, 12, 14 bags of bacon wrap uh, goose legs in there. And I'll set it at 155 degrees and let it go for 40 hours. And it has to be 40 hours. 36 hours I've done it. It didn't. It was didn't. It wasn't enough. Do forty hours. Just put it in the corner. Don't even worry about it. You can set a timer on it. And then once you're done, throw them in the freezer. They're cooked. Uh-huh. And then when you're ready to eat them, you defrost them and you throw them in a frying pan or on a blackstone. Heat them all up, and just falls off the bone. Or throw them on a grill. Maybe brush on a little bit of barbecue sauce if you'd like. Sweeten it up. But just falls off the bone, and now we'll have stacks of goose breasts in our freezer, and this, those those goose legs are just gone within <laughs> a couple months because they're just so easy and they taste so darn good. They're just slow cooked like that, and we'll do the same thing with specks. But with specks, we'll pluck the leg thigh and singe it, get the hairs off it, yeah. and the skin on, and then instead of using bacon, I'll use room temperature butter and just do a heavy coat of butter on it. Then throw it in the bag. Use salt, pepper, rosemary, thyme, whatever you want on it. And do 40 hours at 155 degrees with that water bath. And it just comes out ridiculously good. Yeah, I see you post a lot of stuff on Instagram where you're doing <coughs> the cooking. And we love it, too. We don't like wasting stuff, neither. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I, well, in, in addition to Sean's recipe, I mean, snow goose legs, as far as I'm concerned, any lamb shank recipe you put in a crock pot, 
you can do the same thing with Snoopy's legs. Yeah. And it turns out great. Yeah. yeah. There's, you know, yeah, there's, there's no reason to just leave them, leave them on the bird. Yeah. Yeah, that's a very good attitude, and it's pretty cool that you're passing this down to your kids. Oh, yeah. Because well, there's a whole lot of people that just breast birds. You yeah. Know? Yeah. yeah. It, it, well, it, it's just... Uh, when we were in Canada, we had to teach six guides how to pluck a duck. Really? Yeah. They had never done it before. Yeah, they are b- breasting out ducks up there, and and Garth said, you know, you're not... We took, what, six or eight of them, eight, probably eight birds, and we plucked them and singed them up there and deboned them and fried them up on Blackstone. And then... <laughs> like, what are you guys doing? And We've never had ducks this good, probably. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. And they didn't, you know, we just we just uh, took a deboned half a duck and just salt and pepper both sides and put it on the Blackstone. And yeah, it, they so were great birds. They'd been eating in wheat fields. Yeah. yeah so they were all, good. Good all grain fed. And, and they're just Nothing the matter with them. Breasting them and giving them out. You know, you know, it, it was hard to watch. It was hard, yeah. The so KC bar in... Uh, Gridley will clean them like they call it barbecue style is yep. the way they call it, and they clean them like that. Yep. I get them like done that like all the time. I drop oh, them great. off a lot of times. It takes time. a lot less room in the freezer, but you're not wasting any. You're not meat wasting any meat, you know. And I, I love it. Yeah, I'll throw that thing on a hot pan and just watch it shrink up. And yeah, yeah, that's no, good. We we cooked a couple at the shop like that this year. The the best thing is you take those and throw them in a frying pan, or with a clean blackstone, and and then save all the duck fat coming off of it and. Fry your eggs up in the morning. Uh, oh yeah, that duck fat. Yeah, yeah, that's, that's yeah, gold, liquid gold. Yeah, yeah. Now I've always noticed that the yellow fat's the good stuff, the, or that white's the good stuff. The yellow's kind of nasty. Yeah, it's different flavor. Different. Okay. I don't mind it, but you don't it's mind different. it. No, yeah, a little more gamey, I think. But yeah. I, I get a big fat white sprig or something. Oh. I love seeing that with the big white. Oh fat. yeah, without a doubt. Yeah, <laughs> we shot. Pilar Mallards in Oklahoma one year, and they were kind of had a same thing eating wheat fields, but they kind of had a yellow tinge to them, but they were plenty edible. Huh. Yeah, that's good. I didn't have we didn't have any problem eating any of them. Yeah, well, just pan fry them, just salt and pepper, and yeah, and we just super hot heat, right? Yeah, yeah, that's how we did it when like we a, did a shop that way, like a teal, scratch the skin, salt and pepper both sides on debone teal, a minute and a half, and a minute and a half, and that's all you need. Yeah, and it's. Yeah, it's, that's the best way to eat a duck right there. That's kind of where we did what's, it. We what's had your some be, what's, your best bite of, what's your best bite of duck? What's your favorite? It might part have a teal, in my opinion. I love teal. No, what, what part of it? I got my Oh, well, I mean, I, uh, I like the breast. Yeah. I mean. Is that once you, once you fry up a teal and it has that little nugget in the, the drumstick where it attaches to the thigh. Yeah. With the skin in there. and the, Oh, that's the best bite of a duck, in my opinion. I need to pay more attention. Like, yeah. A lot of times I just eat them like a carnivore. Like Yeah. That. That one bite, that leg thigh connection, that's just that's the best bite of a duck in my would, opinion. Would you say teal's your, your favorite bird? Yeah. What about yeah. you, Garth? All it probably is matter. I, I I'd probably say specs are my favorite. I, I put specs as mine too. You I know. like I like spatchcocking them and, and putting them yep. on a smoker. You know, like you'd do a turkey. I mean spec breast in the in the cast iron toss it in the oven come back out it's just I mean, it looks like a big tri tip almost sitting there yeah. yeah and you can just slice slice through that and they, they're great any yeah. ducks you stay away from shooting because you don't like them besides the obvious you gadwalls know? gadwalls okay yeah, yeah. i don't yeah, gadwall pass on those. That, that goes in my grind pile they're they're, they're a little yeah. bit of a big water bird i've had <clears throat> i uh i don't shoot the spoons um 
I try not to shoot spoons. I'm pretty successful yeah. at not shooting them. My son still hates them, though. <laughs> you know, he turns them into poppers. Um, the spoon is the one, uh, Brett, if you're shooting spoons on us, then that, you're allowed to breast out of a spoonie. <laughs> okay, that's fine. But I'll agree with Garth. I've had bad gadwalls before. Yeah. Um, I've had bad mallards for I'm sure everybody yeah, has yeah, after yeah, taking yeah. out in the sewage plant or whatever. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you know, I've had bad, but I've had a lot of good gadwalls. You just mark them, and you put them together, and you know, backpack them separately and that's how i be, do it just beware and you get that bite and you'll know and this guy away. loves spoonies he has spoonie pizza spoonies. Yeah. if they're in the rice long enough they're really oh, yeah, they're fine. yeah they're fine i've eaten a lot of good spoonies but I, if they're in the marsh no I, it they do taste like fish pills yeah but <laughs> i'm not uh i'm not gonna waste my one of my bird one of my limit bird limits on a spoon i just don't want to take the take the chance Wow, that's the first guest on this show that doesn't shoot spoonies. Yeah, well, this I is the filthy spoons. spoon. <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's filthy. Yeah, that's right. No, I, I don't shoot spoons. I don't shoot them. Eh, not a lot of people don't. Uh, we're kind of, you know, lower rent district in our rice leasing, so if we don't shoot spoons, we're not going to shoot a whole lot of ducks. So. Oh, yeah. I mean, I'm not saying <laughs> there's not spoons killed. Got my son uh, came in the other day and. Well, they had five spoons. Five or six, yeah. Five that was like, okay. You, yeah. Do, you do you. <laughs> you know they decoy well. I don't yeah. think they're terrible eating. I think no. they're fine they, in the they rice. Deco- no. They do decoy well. They're just, and they drop really easy. You just got to get the shotgun somewhere near them and yeah. they just fall out of the sky. Yeah. Sure seems that way. They are a funny yeah. duck, that's for sure. This yeah. is starting to explain why I shoot so many of them now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. They drop yeah. real easy. Yeah, yeah. I... I like killing sprigs really good too, oh, especially you know. Yeah. I, most of them are like so the gaddle. I've had a couple little ones, and of course the divers we try to avoid. But um, my dad, my dad was a duck hunter, a pretty serious duck hunter. And his favorite bird to eat was a hen sprig. Yeah, a that's hen sprig. That was his absolute number one with a bullet, a fat hen, hen pintail, and he just loved that duck. My old buddy Bert. Jansen, he died a couple months ago. He grew up in Grimes. Yep. And uh, he remembered him coming home when you, you know, come home with a pile of them. And his, his mom would always go through and pick out the hen sprigs, and that'd be the ones they were cooking up first. Yep. Yeah, that was yep, kind of an old school thing. Everybody loved the hen yep. sprigs. Yep. There's a reason for it. Yeah. And now we're trying not to shoot them. Yeah. <laughs> Just because we want more. Yeah, and I think it makes sense. Them. Yeah. I mean, there's, they say there's seven to one. Yeah. That yeah. Died. What we've seen out in the fields, I'd believe it. I believe it, too. Yeah. So we try to avoid shooting them. Um, I mean, it don't always happen, but we try, you know. Yep. Oh, but yeah. Now, uh, forever, yeah, I was going to ask you guys, do you guys shoot a lot of bands out here in the rice? Because I know, like, we, we don't shoot a lot of bands. I'll be no, honest. We've no, got a couple of bands. Uh, you know, we each have some bands, but we're not big, like, band hunters, and I think it's just they really tend to be more in the – the marsh and the the refuges and they the do we used to get a lot of bands when we get mallards out of ditches yeah. okay. but the mallards just aren't in the ditches like they used to be yeah goes yeah. back to the roundup and the <laughs> yeah. teams aren't in the ditches yeah yeah, yeah. Garth so. and i would we'd hunt in the mornings in the out of the blind and then we take off with a pair of binoculars and run around and look down the ditches on the ranch and just spend our afternoon sneaking up on mallards and jump shooting them out of the ditches and that's how yeah. we would spend our days. Yeah, and that was always worth one, two, three, ma- three bands a year, no problem. Yeah. Really? Yeah. I mean, but we we've all we both we've all shot in bands. So I just, I don't ever keep track of them. I, I, there's some 
some here, some there. I might have one or two on my desk, and there's some in my my uh, drawer, in my toothpaste drawer in the bathroom in the <laughs> home or something like that. I, just, I don't ever save them. I just kind of lose them. But I don't know how many we've gotten. You know, you see those guys have them all around their lanyards. Yeah, and I think stuff. a lot of them guys might be buying them on eBay, man. That could I, uh, be. <laughs> uh, I don't really no, I, know. Yeah, because um, I think my last two bands were picked up off Dead Birds. Yeah. So. I, I just, I mean, it, I know there's, unless you're a guy that's out there seven days a week and I see a guy that's like 21 years old that looks like Mr. T, yep. it just <laughs> seems pretty unlikely. But, hey, I, you yeah, know. Whatever. Whatever, each their own. But yeah, I, we got a, my, uh, one of my, one of my crew, one of my irrigators picked up a hen pintail in, in, the, when we were just flooding in the springtime, picked it up dead out of a rice box. Really? And it was banded. Really? It, it was 16 years old. Wow. 16 year old hen pintail. And it just finally didn't make the trip back north. Yeah. Oh, wow. That's After, kind of a cool find. You think about how much, you know, what she, that one hen contributed to our, Oh, Fly yeah. Away. 16 years of How many nesting. times she been skyscraped at? Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> Called at. <laughs> yeah. And how many, how, many, how many eggs she clutched? Yeah. It had to have been a good you know, number. That's 150 plus, I bet. Yeah. You know? That's impressive. Yeah. yeah. That's a one. That was a, I was impressed about that. I couldn't believe it when I saw it. We were talking uh, this weekend with one of Casey's guys, and uh, he's a biologist for CWA, and I, it was Christmas, he said, wasn't it, Robert? He shot one of the ducks he banded. Oh, yeah. Yeah. He said it happened a couple times with clients, but he shot one that he banded. And that's kind <laughs> of that's cool. That's really cool. You know, that's, that's kind of a neat story. Yeah. That guy, Jason, seems like a cool guy. We're, I, was, uh, I was hunting with Garson Taggart last year, and he shot his first band. Um, that's right, he did. He, and yeah. it was a, a banded wood duck, Drake wood duck. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. But it was banded with a green plastic band. Really? Oh, like yeah. like the little dove bands? That you could yeah. Yeah, was, someone had banded it. Somebody had cut it themselves and put a band on it or we, something. We reported it, but never heard about where it came yeah. from. But it was yeah. a, a green band. Huh, that's on odd. A, on a wood duck, Drake wood duck. Yeah, because so. yeah, I think CWA, they banned a lot of wood ducks, but they, they have the standard yeah, aluminum bands. band yeah. on them. Yeah. No, this is a green plastic band. No, it, was, it was, had to have been somebody just doing their own thing. Yeah. What they were doing, I'm not sure. But yeah, <laughs> yeah you think cool, they'd want to know the info. But yeah, yeah. Well, that is a super I unusual. Re- I reported it through the banding site, and you know they got a place where you do the color of the band and put the number on it. But we never oh, got it. Never heard nothing. That's a yeah, shame. Never heard anything back about it. I always love hearing about where. So they maybe come from. maybe you'll through the podcast you'll hear something about it and let us know. Yeah, if so any of you guys know anything about the green banded wood ducks, please reach out <laughs> to us or yeah. Sean on Instagram. <laughs> yep. But, uh, Some underground rogue banding operation going <laughs> yeah, exactly on. Right. I, yeah, it, was t- it still counts. It was a good banded duck though, and it's his first his first wood duck and his first banded bird. No, that's that's great. Yeah. Now he didn't. Did he shoot that in the rice? No, that was up in the uh, up in the sink. But ah. we do get some wood ducks out here. We uh, all, some of our uh, some of our supply ditches that uh, what we call a highline ditch for that supplies water down the things. We got pipes in the middle. And we'll hang wood duck boxes on those. Oh, that's good. And, you know, come January, you they start looking around for them. Yeah. And we'll see them. Uh, you know, we don't get a lot of them, but, we, we, you know, you can get occasional wood duck out here. That's cool. We got one our one property. Robert always shoots a couple a year, it seems like, huh? Yeah, I do. I normally, I've you're the only one, one that does. I don't know anybody else that does. Yeah, I don't know. But, I mean, I you're five minutes from there, so that probably helps. Yeah. But, yeah. We hear them going down the slough. 
But you well, you actually shoot them, and you shoot them in the blind. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. That's a good bird, though. Oh That's yeah, wood ducks bird. are fun. They are. Yeah, they are. Pretty. You know, I shot a banded dove a couple years ago. That was kind of cool. Oh really? It was banded a month earlier, about a mile <laughs> from where I shot it, but <laughs> it was still <laughs> kind of neat. I didn't yeah. even realize it until I got home and was cleaning them. But yeah, that, that one was kind of cool. That is kind of cool. I've never yeah. heard of a banded dove. Yeah, right. I, I guess they do a little bit of it. Yeah. Yeah, yeah I was going to ask you guys actually now. I'm totally spaced out on this, but I remember when I was a kid, I had a friend that lived on a rice ranch, and uh, he would, you know, he killed waterfowl and stuff on there every year. Was a big duck hunter, but uh, he'd dove hunt and turkey hunt and shoot deer off his property too. Do you guys ever do any deer? You get any deer, or turkey on your, um, at your place? There's there's some turkey running around the countryside up, up and down the river corridor. Um, I've never killed a wild turkey ever. My kids have. Yeah. Um, and and uh, delicious birds make great soup with it. And, and uh, but I never killed a wild turkey. Well, there probably wasn't um, any when you were a kid, right? I mean, the no, there weren't there weren't any at all. I, no, yeah, Garth, I can no. remember the first time Garth called me up and said, "You were not going to believe what I just saw on the canal here." And yeah. uh, it was that was, was one bird that made a huge comeback. That wasn't yeah. a thing, and now it's a huge thing. Oh yeah, yeah. and they're all over the place. Everywhere, now. Yeah. yeah, no. Yeah. But yeah, I li- I'd like to g- I'd like to get one eventually one day. But They're pretty exciting. I, yeah, I, I they eat real well. They eat really well, and yeah, I have a really good spot up in Cool where I go, and it's exciting. I mean, it's yeah. almost like deer hunting when you call them in and they're Stretching. you're hiding, stand still. It's a pretty yeah. more exciting than you would think for just a stupid bird that drowned when it rains <laughs> looking <laughs> straight up. <laughs> yeah. Nope. No. But and there's some deer around too. There, we've never killed a deer on the river. Yeah, we have. Garth and I did get. Uh, we had some roadkill we picked up. <laughs> <laughs> roadkill venison. Oh, did you? Yeah. 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 yeah that's it's legal now. Yeah. I encourage everybody to do that. Yeah, it was. Uh, I was. We were uh, on a walk. I was walking out, checking my fields, and across the bridge, and and uh, came back here to the farm and. 15 minutes later, I go walking by the, driving across the same bridge. I just walked over, and there's a dead deer on it. Really? Within 15 minutes, a dead little horn got hit in the head by a tomato truck or something yeah. like uh. that. And so I called Garth back and, hey, come over here. <laughs> <laughs> and then I called the game warden. And, uh, you know, he said, oh, I'm not coming down there, but it would be shame to let that go- thing go to waste. And so we had... Deer tenderloin for dinner yeah, that night. Yeah, we did. <laughs> That's good. Now, yeah, I, I really like your guys' attitudes towards uh, not wasting stuff. Even yeah. Whether it's a little duck or a deer you find, you know, roadkill. Yeah. That's yep. that's definitely a good attitude to have, yeah. you know. Yeah, my crew went home. They had, they had a couple quarters they went home with, and, you yeah, know, worked out well. Yeah, yeah, we did at the shop this year. My daughter's in the Navy, and yep. she... Uh, she wouldn't be able to home me at Thanksgiving, but she had a little stretch before, so we did at the shop. She kind of grew up in the shop, so everybody knows her. And uh, so we did a little makeshift Thanksgiving, yep. and we did a whole leg, the flip-flop thing. I've heard that. It looked, it looked oh, fun. Oh, man. Oh, it is and so just, good. Just keep re- re-seasoning it. And yeah. Yeah, you just you season it. He, had, he bought this whole, you could probably do it with anything, but he, yep. there's a guy that sells the seasoning. It's called flip-flop. Yep. And you just put it on a Weber, and you put that whole deer leg on there, and you flip it, you slice a piece off, and give it to somebody, and flip it, <laughs> slice a piece off, and it was delicious. Yeah. It was great. 
go through the whole deer leg just like that. Yeah, we did. Yeah, we yeah. Everybody was you know there. We had a couple of people that don't hunt. We're a little fishy about wild game. I cooked up some ducks, and then he he did that able big deer hunter work. Yeah, cooked up that. It was a whitetail leg he got in Texas, but I was really impressed by that. It was yeah. a good eating. Served with tortillas or. He did it with bread. He okay. had like a chunk of bread. He almost made like a little steak sandwich, yeah. it was, and it was really, really good. I that recommend good. everybody do that. If, if I wouldn't have got tag soup, I would have been doing it this year. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that does sound good. <laughs> yep. Well, what are we running on to here, Robert? Uh, it's about time. Yeah, we're over an hour. No, no you just crack those. Well, you guys are great guests. We, we can't appreciate enough you coming out here and thanks. talking to us. And thanks for coming all the way down here to South County. Yeah, <laughs> we don't mind. I say, you, you post a lot of cool stuff. I know you had some kind of big-name people hunting out here before and stuff. And, you know, we just appreciate the hell you talking to us, a couple idiots. And <laughs> well, Garth, I didn't yeah. know about you, Garth, and really nice meeting you. And Yeah, we've been, we've been at it for, for at least a little while. A couple of years. Yeah, it's really nice to hear the farming perspective and then hear, you know, obviously you're hunting stuff too. Yeah. And so now this has been great and we can't thank you enough. Uh, you know, one thing I'd like to add that we didn't yeah. touch about yeah. at all is, yeah. is as far as our farming and the hunting is there's a whole new aspect going on with where we're, where we're actually growing fish food that then goes into the river. Because really? as, as all these fields are flooded, we get all this little invertebrate growth that just starts exploding. And the ducks are eating it too. Yeah, that's you know that's one more what they're eating as they're heading back north. Yeah, but then all as you know, uh, cow trout and some other groups are watching our fields, and as the populations build up, then they're having to dump it all, and it gets straight into the river. Yeah, to, to try and feed all the salmon. You, you, got, you guys yeah. have heard probably a little bit about that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know they so. they actually put some pins up to try to raise them in some rice yeah. fields. Yeah. And stuff. No, yeah. and it's it's some of our fields that they've been working on. Oh and, really? Uh, yeah, and uh, and we're in. I think everything we have this year that's flooded is in that program. Oh, that's yeah. good. Sounds yeah. cool. Just something yeah. else I want to add while we before well, we ended this. Yeah, those guys. No, that's that. That's that's neat as hell. I love to hear that. Yeah, yeah. I mean, before the valley was before all the flood control, the rivers would swell and they'd bring yeah. all that stuff yeah. back in after afterwards. So yeah. they're no, those, figuring out how to do that now. Those uh, those fisheries, those fisheries guys. There are a couple of guys that come out here and hunt routinely. That's good. And there's there's some of our guests, guest friends, and and so yeah, the good people. Wow, that's good, that's good. good and they and, and we we fish, take our fisheries guys. They really like killing ducks. Yeah, <laughs> well, and we take our game serious as far as eating it. Now one of them goes a little bit of extreme where or duck tongue and a few other things all get saved. Yeah. <laughs> really? Feather wow. soup. What's it from Louisiana <laughs> or something? Man, yeah, yeah. those guys eat everything. The lake, fantastic the cook though. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Oh, that's cool. Now that that yeah. that is a great thing that you guys are doing. And it did save duck tongues, though. Yeah, he did. <laughs> yeah, that's not much of a bite at all, is it? No, you yeah. gotta have a lot of them. <laughs> What's well, always fascinating to hear about these win-win situations that people come up with, right? Because, yeah. I mean, I'm I'm pro-human, right? I'm yeah. a I'm a human. I like to eat. I like. Yeah. <laughs> we want agriculture. We need that. But there's also that environmental impact to it, and looking for ways to make it both work is pretty cool. Yeah, just any, anything we can do to bring back, bring the fish back and make fishing better and yeah. still kill ducks and, well, and, then, and still and farm. Still make a dime. Yeah, because yeah, you gotta, you gotta make a so. living. Yeah. 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 Feed the world and eat ducks and smoke salmon. That sounds like a freaking <laughs> living like the way the Lord intended to me. Yeah. 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 No, that's uh, I'd good. I'd do that if, if I did like to eat salmon, but I don't 
I don't much care for salmon. <laughs> a little bit of fresh. I, like, I really like striper, though. Oh, striper, yeah. yeah. Well, I love like striper. Striper, striper so. tacos. But All day long. All right. Well, that was great. Thank you, Sean. Thank you, Garth. Thank you. Thank you all for listening. Uh, be sure yeah. to rate and review and give Sean a follow. It's, it's uh, what it, What's your handle on there on uh, Instagram? It's like a CA Rice Farmer C 71 or something like C that. Right, yeah, CA Rice Farmer 71. Are you, you're not on the Instagram machine, Garth? No, no I'm not none of that. No, no, no became media a, whatsoever <laughs> for Garth. Ain't became a teenage girl yet, huh? I'm <laughs> telling you, it's very <laughs> exhilarating. So, all right, thank you all. We'll talk to you next week, and thank Sean and Garth, and... That's all we got, right, Robert? Yeah, that's it. Thank you both. All right. See ya. Thank you.